from Ladyhawk on ABC North Queensland. It's 24 minutes to 10. I was just asking you about what's the shortest time you've been in a job. When did you get the job? Lock in and then say, eh, not for me. I'm out of here. We're talking about it. And uh, Frank Ford, I found he was the Prime Minister of Australia from the 6th to the 13th of July in 1945. One week. He served as Prime Minister in a, it was a caretaker capacity after John Curtin passed away, and that is the shortest-serving Prime Minister in Australia's history. So not long at all there. Pretty pretty quick stint. It's a pretty hard job, though, I imagine, most of the time, so maybe a week would feel like a lifetime in that position. But have you, have you beaten Frank Ford and gone shorter in a job than one week? Let me know, one 630 2 because the pandemic has changed many things, but there's one shift that not all employees may yet have realised, and it is this global trend known as the Great Resignation. And in Australia, it is expected to loom large in 2022. Now, there was a recent report by PricewaterhouseCoopers which surveyed 1,800 Australian workers, and that survey indicated that 38% of those respondents said they are looking for a new job. And that's a pretty stark contrast with ABS data showing that just 7.5% of Australian workers changed jobs in the year to February 2021. So more people are leaving jobs. Let's find out why and what's the psychology behind it. I'm joined now for Mindful Monday by Dr. Joe Lukens. How are you, Dr. Joe? Very good. Good morning to you, Henry, and everyone listening. And thank you so much for not resigning on this segment. And uh, (laughs) saw the topic and thought, oh, okay, well, we'll be lucky if she shows up. (laughs) And here I am. Here I am. Wouldn't miss it. Okay. Now, let's start at the beginning. Why do people usually leave jobs? Well, obviously, there'll be a range of reasons why people might choose to move on from their employment. So so we can expect many reasons. But some of the common things that you find when you, when you talk to people in the employment sector is uh, remuneration and reward are, are some of the key factors. About a quarter of people who move on from their jobs, it's, a, it's about... Uh, the reward and the conditions that they're working in. But interestingly, what we're seeing increasingly now when people are surveyed is there's a probably about a quarter of the population that are moving jobs. It's, it's about their well-being. And I think that's a shift that we're seeing in the employment market. It, you know, it, it, it does a vary, vary according to the health of the economy. You know, when times are a bit dire, then people will stick it out with things mm. that they're maybe not as happy with. But, but certainly... I think what we have seen recently and since obviously since uh, COVID has been with us is it's that shift and people really are considering their well-being and their lifestyle factors when it comes to their employment. So there's a lot more people moving because of their well-being and that's a change from in the past where, as you said, people might have just stuck it out. Do you think as a society there is a bit more receptiveness to that idea of people saying, no, I, I don't have to hate going to work? I don't have to be having a bad time. This is something where I should be enjoying the work. Is that as we get better at having conversations about mental health? I I do think that we've had a definite shift in that area. You know, that if you looked at the employment figures many, many years ago, people would typically maybe change jobs three, four, maybe five times in the course of their entire career. And we see those numbers vary quite differently. And people moving and, and changing, you know, different industries, that previous interview that you just had on about people coming into education mm. later, you know, they were doing something else and then they've decided to, to try a different field. We are seeing far more of that now and people exploring those opportunities and thinking of that as a possibility. So people don't sort of head down a path and get stuck in the tunnel, if you like, working in one particular industry. And is that something that is quite mentally, I suppose, challenging to say, I've been doing one thing, I've studied on one thing, and then, as you mentioned, there are people who go to something radically different, like teaching later in life. How do people usually 
get to the point where they say, no, I am willing to make that change. Yeah, it's a, it's a brave decision, isn't yeah. it? So, so there's obviously a level of discomfort where people are at or, they, you know, maybe what used to fulfil them within their role doesn't do that for them anymore or they've been doing it for a long time and they're just ready for a change. And so then they start seeking out options. And there's many reasons why we might see a different field or, or you know, think that we now have the capacity to, to change. You know, I know I've worked with a lot of um, defence personnel who look at options, you know, if they're transitioning out of a out of army say and you know whereas they may not have considered a university course when they were 17 18 at 35 or at 40 they might go actually I think I can do that so I think our self-belief and our confidence has the potential to increase in our employment uh, mindset as well I'm really interested in that talking to defense personnel when they're looking at moving back into civilian life it, is it a case that there's usually a, a list of ideas or at least some idea of where they're going to go? Or do you ever come across someone who just goes, genuinely a blank canvas? Yeah, I, th- I think I see variability because mm. one of the things that I find, my observation, obviously as a civilian working within a defence environment, is you just see the skill set that defence personnel have. You know, they there are so many things that make them good at what they do in terms of organisation and planning. And, you know, if ever you want to have someone deal with a crisis, that's who you want to have in your organisation. And I think sometimes when I've met defence people who've been in for a long time, they maybe don't necessarily notice. Many of us Mm. don't notice what it is that we're good at because we just go, oh, that's just what I do. Um, So I think there's that capacity there. And and I guess there's opportunity within defence to further your career and do external study. But yeah, certainly sometimes you will get people who go, I don't know what this is going to look like. And that can either be exciting or terrifying or maybe a mix of both. On ABC North Queensland, you're hearing from Dr. Joe Lukens, who's talking us through the great resignation and more people are moving jobs at the moment than they used to be. So Dr. Lukens, if someone is thinking of changing jobs, what are the main things they should consider? Yeah, I think it, it's always helpful to be mindful about what your motivations are around making the change. Is it because I'm dissatisfied in what I'm doing? Is it because I think there's you know greater opportunity or something that I'm going to find more enjoyable in, in what I might be heading to? So I think it's really important to spend a bit of time reflecting on what do I think my why is? Um, and then also to try and get as much understanding as you can. And it's tricky when you haven't worked in the field to get a sense about what the culture would need to be like for you to consider a move. You know, what flexibility would you need? You know, like, are you going to need to go and do some TAFE training or tech training or university training? Um, what skills are you going to need to know? And, and what's it going to mean for you in the short term, in the medium term, and then the long term? So there's a number of considerations for people, but I think stopping and thinking is a good place to start because there can be a tendency to go, oh, that looks bright and shiny over there. I'll jump into that. Um, and, you know, obviously if we're a little bit better researched about that, then it can set us up better and help us to make a better, better decision. I have been asking you to let me know as well about how short you stayed in a job because, yeah, there are some very quick stints out there in jobs. So you can let me know if you want to get involved in the conversation. Give us a call on 1300 630 two, and maybe you're an employer who wants to call up and have a vent about the fact that you can find a staff member, you think they're going to be great, and then they're gone, sometimes within weeks. It's very frustrating. So really keen to hear from you. You can text as well, 0487 993 two. So Dr. Lukens, let's chat resignations because I know that in the past, if I've been in jobs even if I know it's the right step to leave, resigning terrifies me. Mm. Heart rate goes up, sweaty, starts stumbling over words. Is there a right way psychologically to approach a resignation? 
Yeah, uh, first of all, to stop, to stop <laughs> and to pause, I think, because exactly like you said, that you, you want to be very aware of, of your rationale behind and you want to be obviously respectful of the workplace that you're leaving and, and to do that on the best terms that you possibly can. And also to, you know, I guess, think about what you need to do in moving forward, but then also what's the right thing to do by the organisation that you're in. Because you were asking people to recount their stories and I've spoken to plenty of employers who've just had staff not turn up, you know. On and, day one? Uh, well, uh, pro- there probably has been some with day one, but I can think of some that have maybe gone just... in there for a couple of days and then just don't show and it's oh, radio, si- no. radio <laughs> silence. And, we, and you know how bad radio silence is, you know, it's not something that you want. And <laughs> and it's just that, you know, the courage to, to resign and, it, and it's okay because people do it, but it's, you know, really thinking through it is is, is a really important part of it. And how about when we get to that new job? And and I think there's an adjustment in everything. And the first few days at a new job are sometimes, you know, they're not the nicest days. They can be scary in any job. You get there and it can all be a bit overwhelming. How long should we give it before we actually start thinking, huh, is this for me? Yeah, you need to give it some time because we know that every expert was once a beginner. So if you, particularly if you're going into something new, then expect to be the novice, expect to not be that great at it to start with you know understand your training wheels but understand that if you're normally someone who's quite quick at doing what you do and then all of a sudden you're finding yourself slow and making mistakes and feeling self-conscious that's a normal part of change Mm. so it's you know and seeking out support from your employer and and being very clear if you're having an interview about what your skill set is what you know and make sure you're in a job interview that you understand it's not just you that's getting interviewed you're interviewing the organisation. You know, you want to find out what's the culture of the organisation. You want to find out what's my first day going to look like. You know, there'll be things that you won't know about the organisation and to ask the questions because that can help inform you into making a decision if you and the organisation come to the agreement that, you know, you think you might be able to work together. So I think being mindful of that can be really useful as well. So in that job interview where they say, do you have any questions for us? That's not just fluff. No, Actually that is use not it. fluff <laughs> and have some questions because you probably will have them. You know, what what will my first day look like or my first week look like? Now, they might have asked you, what's your 30-day plan? So, you know, be ready to answer those questions as well. But I think, you know... Um, you know, asking, you know, how would other people in the organisation describe the culture of working in this organisation? Mm. You know, those sorts of questions that you ask, the things that you actually want to know, um, I would be asking those at the interview because it's it's important in part of, as part of your decision making so you can make a decision that you're going to be as happy with as you can be. Yeah, not just, can I get paid more, please? <laughs> um, so I guess finally we should ask, is the grass always greener on the other side? Oh, look, it's not always. And we do see the figures of people around about, you know, I think it's something like three out of five um, people who have changed work in the last 12 months are looking to change in the next 12 months. So it's not always. And I guess the other key thing I would suggest, and this is maybe another topic for another day, but if you're looking for a change and the change is going to be in the same industry doing the same sort of work that you are now, ask yourself, is it that I need to leave the organisation or do I need a holiday? You know, know, are, are we fatigued? Because I don't think we pay enough attention to how much fatigue there is across the employment sector. Like we're tired, you know, we've, we've had a two years that we could never have imagined and there's a fatigue that comes with that. Mm. And so it may be, you know, a holiday, look, and you might come back from your holiday and go, yes, I definitely need to leave, but it might, it might be that you just um, need to go and sit on the beach for a little while. Yeah. Are you sick of working or are you sick of working here? Yes. And that could be Yeah. A, and they're two different questions. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. So if, yeah, if you come back from Ellie Beach and you're going, nah, I still don't like this. Yeah, then then that then that's helpful and that's informative <laughs> yeah. for you. But it may be that you just needed a rest. Just needed a rest. 
I feel a bit bad asking you, is the grass always greener? Because I know you're telling me just before you've had some grass dramas. <laughs> My so. grass is now green, green <laughs> thanks, to, thanks to Phil and, and Gardening Talk. Yeah, back. that's it. Gosh, the, what, he had worm issues, didn't you? Coming I out did. Of the, oh. I did. It wasn't pretty. It was like a horror movie. But anyway, we've uh, oh. redeemed well, I saw it. June on the weekend and there were some very big worms in that. So I hope it wasn't as bad as that. Uh, yeah, it could have <laughs> been June. filled in my garden about a week ago. But I'm very pleased to say that we have green grass again. Oh, fantastic. Well, the grass is greener at yours and hopefully this conversation has helped you if you are considering whether the grass would be greener at another job. Dr. Joe Lukens, thank you as always for joining us for Mindful Monday. My pleasure.